Good morning, Sharon United Methodist Church. I'm so thankful for this opportunity to preach this morning in Pastor Kyle Thompson's pulpit. I'm thankful to him for this invitation, for preaching, and I also want to thank Kevin Achi for helping me with all of the technology. And so my text for this morning comes from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10, and I will be reading for you selected verses. In Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of the Italian cohort, as it was called. He was a devout man who feared God with all his household, and he gave alms generously to the people and prayed constantly to God. One afternoon at about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he clearly saw an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. He stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he answered, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa for a certain Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. And so about noon the next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became very hungry and wanted something to eat. And while it was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the heaven opened and something like a large sheep coming down, being lowered to the ground by its four corners. In it were all kinds of four-footed creatures and reptiles and birds of the air. And then he heard a voice saying, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is profane or unclean. And then the voice said to him again, a second time, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. And this happened three times, and the thing was suddenly taken up to heaven. Now, while Peter was greatly puzzled about what to make of the vision that he had just seen, suddenly the men sent by Cornelius appeared. They were asking for Simon's house and were standing at the gate. They called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was staying there. And while Peter was still thinking about this vision, the spirit said to him, look, three men are searching for you. Now get up, go down, and go with them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And so the next day, Peter got up and he went with the men and some of the believers from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day, they came to Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together all of his relatives and his close friends. And on Peter's arrival, Cornelius met him and falling at his feet, worshiped him. Stand up, Peter said to him, I am only a mortal. And as he talked with him, he went in and found that many had assembled. And he said to them, You yourselves know that it is unlawful for a Jew to associate with or to even visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone profane or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. Now may I ask you why you sent for me? And then Peter begins to speak to them. He said, I truly understand that God shows no partiality, 
But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable unto him. And while Peter was still speaking to the group, the Holy Spirit fell upon them all, all who had heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our collective hearts be found acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock, our redeemer, and our friend. Amen. Breaking down walls. Breaking down walls. As children of God, our greatest responsibility, our greatest privilege that we have in the church is that we partner with Jesus on his mission. Now, when God in Christ Jesus called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, he said to us, as he said to the original disciples, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I'm gonna lead you to people. Follow me, and I will use you to bring my kingdom, to expand my kingdom throughout all the world. Follow me, and I will use you to bring the message of my mercy, the message of my goodness, the message of my kindness, the message of my grace. I will use you to bring the message of my salvation to them. And for all of us as his disciples who responded to his call, when we said yes, we said, yes, Lord, we believe in you. Yes, Lord, we want to follow you. Use us. So the greatest privilege, the greatest responsibility we have as the church is to partner with Jesus as it relates to leading us out into mission, into the world. And we are to partner with Jesus in the mission that he is engaging in. Mission isn't so much what we do for Jesus. Mission is best done with Jesus. It's much better to do things with Jesus. Now, Jesus, as he walked the earth, he was so in tune with his heavenly father that he was always able to discern where God was working. And then he would follow up and join with his father. He said in scripture, I only do what I see my father doing. Wherever God was working, Jesus wanted to be there. Remember the story of the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4? He tells us in verse 4 he had to go there because his father was working. He wanted to expand his kingdom to the Samaritan people. As disciples, we should be so sensitive and so focused and in tune with Christ that we're able to follow and join up with him. We should desire to be that in tune, our ears so sensitive to his voice. We should desire to be so filled with his spirit, aware of his presence, that we can see where he is working and then we can join him and work alongside him. Now our daily challenge to that awareness though, is we bring unholy habits in our hearts of which 
we bring into relationship with Christ. When we were saved, when we experienced conversion, when we were born again, our hearts didn't immediately change. We usually don't change overnight. Now I do understand there are exceptions to this rule, but generally salvation is a lifelong process. As we grow into the things of Christ, we begin to learn and understand that he wants us to be transformed from darkness to light. As our relationship with Christ grows, then we grow. And those lingering impediments in our heart, Jesus continues to remove. In our text, we find Jesus at work in Peter's heart. He's at work through his spirit, removing some impediments from his heart so that the gospel would be able to cross boundaries, to cross cultures, to reach many more people in need of Christ. We ought to take the gospel everywhere, but yet Peter's heart needed transformation. It needed transformation so that he, as the leader of the church, could now set the future agenda for the church. But yet in our text, in the previous chapters, there was division in this new church. There was division that ran along the lines of Jews and Gentiles. There was a long, long history of racial and religious bigotry. The Jews viewed the Gentiles as vile, beneath them, profane, and pagan. Peter considered them to be lower than himself, and Peter would have been perfectly content for the gospel to remain within the walls of the Jews. Spiritual walls had been erected. Spiritual walls which caused division, caused separation, division between Jews and Gentiles. Do you know walls are funny things? Not only do they affect us physically, but they also affect us emotionally. For you see, walls are designed to shut out. Walls are defense mechanism. They protect us from each other. It protects me from being fully known for who I am, and then it prevents you from being fully known unto me for who you are. If there isn't a wall, then you can see my weaknesses. I can see yours. And therefore, to defend ourselves, we build walls. These walls prevent me from seeing you and you from seeing me. And when I can't see you, I can't sense you, then I can't understand you, which in turn means I cannot appreciate you. These walls are destructive to the very purpose and priorities of the church. Now, there are two kinds of walls. There's a bearing wall. The bearing wall is one we cannot do without. The bearing wall bears the weight of a structure. It holds up the weight of the roof. The bearing wall has to be fundamentally connected to the foundation. And if the walls in our lives are not connected to the foundation, it's not a bearing wall. 
If the walls in our life are not connected to the rock, it will not sustain us. It will not sustain the weight of our problems, our difficulties, our trials, our worries. It will not sustain the weight of our tribulations. We need to be connected to the rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ, for there's no other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is in Jesus Christ. So we have in our text the Spirit of God working on two individuals, Peter and Cornelius, a Jew and a Gentile. Jesus connects Peter and Cornelius. Jesus connects one person to another person willing to be used as a witness like you and I. God is advancing his kingdom through these two people as well as advancing his kingdom through us. Lifelong mission is using people called by God to witness and bring the kingdom of God to earth. Peter and Cornelius are working with Jesus for his cause. Peter's viewpoint is now changed. He realizes that God does not practice favoritism. There is no partiality in God. God does not play favorites, and he does not hide from them who want to find him. Cornelius needed Peter and his gospel to know the way to salvation. Peter needed Cornelius and his salvation experience to realize that the Gentiles were included in God's plan. God had opened the door of the gospel to cross boundaries, languages, nations, and ethnicities. Peter, under the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit, broke through barriers of race and religion to expand the work of God. My friends, there is a second kind of wall that we can construct in our lives. It's called the middle wall. It's that interior wall in any building. You can move that wall in that building and that building will still stand. But the problem with an interior wall is that those are the walls we create. We make up our own interior wall. The middle wall is there because we allow it there. And it's there because discrimination is there. The middle wall is there because hatred is there, envy and strife is there, and as long as there is a middle wall, there is no peace. But I praise God, for Jesus was able to see the wall that divided all of us, and Jesus, through his death and resurrection on the cross, broke down the middle wall of partition. Jesus broke down everything that divides us from one another. So how do we now break down our own personal interior walls? I'm so glad you asked that question. Once we acknowledge our humanity, once we realize that we're no better than anyone else, 
Our walls can come down. When we acknowledge that there is nothing to hide and no defense mechanism to secure us. The wall comes down when we acknowledge our sin and our need for forgiveness. For all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. When we realize our need for forgiveness, our walls, our barriers have to come down. In the midst of this COVID pand pandemic, pandemic, I'm sorry, and in the midst of all the racial unrest protests in the streets, we need a word that is redemptive. So I came by to remind you, every middle wall in our life has a door. Because there always has to be a door in the middle wall. But this door is connected to our heart. Nobody's gonna come bursting in that door. Nobody's gonna come trying to break down your door. For the lock on that door is not on the outside. The lock is on the inside. And in Revelations, Jesus says unto us, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. I'm knocking on your middle wall, and if you will open up, I will come in and sup with you and you with me. Jesus is our peace, and apart from him, there is no peace. When we allow Jesus in our hearts, when we spend time helping to cultivate and grow our relationship with him, as those holy habits begin to go away, we become people transformed that God can use us to go out into the world and to break down all walls of division, all walls of separation. God is in need of a church. He is in need of soldiers that are willing to be on the battlefield to fight for his justice. For when we allow the love of God to come in our heart, the Holy Spirit's power is able to come in. Grace is able to come in. Holy Spirit comes in. Justification comes in. Sanctification comes in. When Jesus comes into our hearts, walls are destroyed. Amen. And God bless each and every one of you.